Hello, and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I have a dear friend of mine here, Ashley McElwain, joining me today. And we're gonna be talking about growing a healthy marriage. And I asked Ashley to join us mainly because she is the expert. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder and CEO of Foundation Restoration, a local ministry organization in our area that I'm gonna let her speak to a little bit. And then we're just going to talk about marriage and how it's tough and it's great and worth it, but also um, just get some ideas and hopefully some practical tips from Ashley on how we can do better as married women and men. So if you're listening to this live, please send in questions and we'll try to answer those during our time. Or if you listen to this afterwards, we'll get back to you with answers um, and hopefully some resources that will be helpful to you. So Ashley, we're just going to jump in. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us about Foundation Restoration, how it got started and what it is. Yeah. So um, just first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I hope it really is an encouragement to everybody who's tuning in. I'm thrilled to be here. So yeah, Foundation Restoration, we started a little over 10 years ago. 2020, we celebrated our 10-year mark as a ministry. Um, we are set up as a nonprofit organization and we really believe marriage is the heartbeat and the foundation of society. And so our goal is to equip, strengthen, and restore marriages with clinical expertise and with a biblical perspective. And we do that through a few different avenues. We do it through professional therapy, which we meet with individuals, couples, families in our office location here in Raleigh, um, Rafa by 40 and Falls of News. And we have workshops and seminars. We have date night events. We actually have one coming up here at the end of the month and it's virtual. And then we do our, we have our website and we have our social media and we're trying to provide articles and videos and quotes and just inspirational nuggets, some, some encouragement, some truth, some help, practical help to encourage people. And our thought is trying to, to work with people one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, whatever the, the dynamic is, whether it's a family or individual or a couple and in the office. But then we're trying to do those groups and encouraging people in the group setting and connecting them with others. And then again, kind of having that global outreach of wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, we're here for you. And we, and we want to be here for you. I know you've shared about this ministry for so long with me and it's grown and it's just an amazing resource for people. So I hope that people will check it out and get in touch with you and somehow get connected to it. Cause I think it really could be helpful. And so in light of that, why do you believe marriage is the foundation of society? You've said that it's the heartbeat yeah. of society, the foundation. Why do you believe that? Well, you know, it's funny because I think about how research shows us that people, most people report the happiest day of their lives is their wedding day. And I think about that and I'm, I'm like, I think that's because innately people know there is a greater purpose and function to marriages. And I think the, the problem is that a lot of people don't know why they feel that. They just, you know, and I see this with, I've worked, walked with so many couples that are preparing for marriage. I say, why are you getting married? You know, why this person? Why, why get married? And most people freeze there. And it's like, well, I guess because we love each other. And I think I would challenge people that well, it's because marriage has a greater purpose 
And so really we believe God created marriage in Genesis 2:18 through 24, we see that God made man and woman in his in his image. The only time God said it, seven times he said it is good in the things he created. The one time he said it's not was when man was alone. And so we see that marriage I think really is about relationship and God craves relationship with us and he gave us this earthly relationship to help us play out that dynamic um, and and kind of wrestle with relationship in the good and the bad experiencing that. And the truth is healthy marriages create healthy families. Healthy families create healthy communities. Healthy communities create a healthy world. Um, and so that is why we really believe marriage is the heartbeat of society is because a healthy marriage just kind of pumps life through every other relationship and avenue. You know, there's, we see statistically kids that grow up in homes with both parents, they have better mental and physical health. They have less behavioral issues. They um, do better in school. They have healthier relationships long-term. There's a lot of individual health benefits. Um, and that's not to say if you're single, like you, you don't get to benefit, but it's just God gave us these incredible benefits to being married. Um, we have longer life expectancies, better overall mental and um, physical health in marriages and financial health. And so just what we see, too, is individuals who are in healthy marriages are activated to pursue their purposes individually as well. And that it kind of gives them that courage and that strength and that platform and foundation for them to pursue their calling or their passions or their gifts. And so really it benefits individuals and it, it, and it sharpens us and encourages us, but it gives children a great foundation. And then again, like I said, those strong families are what create the strong communities and it's just a ripple effect. So that's why we really believe it's so important. It's, it is the heartbeat and we've got to keep marriages strong so that we can keep our world strong. That's so awesome. And I think Jed and I would agree Early on in our marriage, we um, got connected to the marriage ministry at our church. Mm -hmm. And we just said, that's what we're going to give life to. And one, because it benefits us selfishly, we get challenged in our marriage. But then also we feel like we're investing in these young couples that will eventually be parents and then leaders of different things within the community. So same idea. Um, that we think through when we're doing our marriage ministry. So totally agree. Next question for you. What do you think couples can do to invest in their marriage? I think that's such a great question. And I think if you're asking that question, you're already on the right track because it's a priority. That tells me it's a priority to you and it's of importance. You know, I think sometimes we can get caught up in the minutia of exactly like the what. And I would back it up to say the why. Like, why did you get married? Why did you choose your spouse? Um, and really wrestling with that individually. And then as a couple, you know, I encourage my couples to come up with their um, marriage mission statements. Like, what is your marriage about? And at the end of the day, if someone was, I know it sounds morbid, but if someone was giving you a, giving a eulogy of your marriage, what would you want it to say? And so if you know that why, I think then that's going to propel you into the what. And you know, and I, that aligns with, I, I, when I'm working with couples, I tell them there's three types of intimacy in your relationship. There's your spiritual intima intimacy, which is your foundation. Are you growing together spiritually? Are you doing things? And again, that goes back to that why. Like, why are we married? Why do we love when we don't feel like loving? Why do we fight through this argument that we've had a thousand times? Well, because our marriage has a greater purpose. And so building that spiritual intimacy through studying the word of God together, through going to church together, through dialogue about spiritual issues, 
And then that fuels your emotional intimacy. And that's what we, most of us think about it. Like, what can I do? And there are practical things you can do. You date your spouse, you know, spend time together, which sounds ridiculous. But I think I, I recently heard the average American couple spends two minutes of quality time together a day. So two minutes. And so spending, finding, carving out quality time together. And then you can start figuring out, I, I think also go see a therapist or go to your church or go, you know, obviously I'm an advocate for licensed professionals, but don't wait till you're broken down. Like just go in and, and get a little bit of a refresher or if nothing else, an encouragement, like great job. You guys are doing awesome. You're a great couple. And, um, and you just tweak it and get some tools and just, I think really being being aware that you need to work on your marriage. It's not going to grow without tending to it. That's so good. And we have couples ask, you know, when is too early to start going to see a counselor or a therapist? Mm -hmm. And Jed and our response is, it's never too soon. Like, no. don't wait for the problem. Yeah. Be proactive. Mm -hmm. And for Jed and I, we have gone pretty regularly for the past 10 years, different seasons more heavily yeah. um, because it's so helpful to have a third party who's neutral They're They, they want it for us, but mm -hmm. they're not sided, you know, to mm -hmm. one of us that can help us fight cleaner and help us see a third perspective on mm -hmm. the situation at hand, give us good tips and tools to fight better with one another, disagree better. Um, and so we've been doing that and are actually in a season right now where we're pretty deep in it. Um, but it's so good for us to work through the issues even before they come to the table. So 100% agree on that. So why do you think marriage ends up being hard? I think most people would agree marriage is awesome, but it oh, yeah. is hard. And why? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I think back to like, you know, I would say we weren't the typical couple in that like when we got married, I think things got smoother. It was like, or it was pretty smooth transition. I think probably partly just we had been pretty prepared for it. But, um, you know, we have reached many rough spots since then. But I always laugh because I'm like, the wedding day is amazing. And if you make it to the honeymoon without fighting, like incredible. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is marriage is hard. But I think there's a few reasons for that. You know, I think on a lighter note, I think it's just kind of the like, life is stressful, and it's hard, and it's demanding. And so there's so many things pulling at us. And the reality is, when we're dating somebody, we know we have to be intentional about pursuing them or we don't think they're gonna marry us. <laughs> and so we're very intentional of carving out that time, carving out quality time. And then once we get married, there's this sense of, okay, mission accomplished. And we just kind of go into, and naturally humans go into like a coast mode. And so I think on top of that, you get married and there's a lot more stress. You know, now you have to figure out finances and when are we having kids? Are we having kids? Are we buying a home? When are we buying a home? And those are all just stressful things. So I think life stress just naturally pulls us apart. And I think there's a natural inclination to coast more once we've become married. I think also there's the unrealistic or unmet expectations, right? I mean, so many people are like, well, I married the right person. So it's going to, it's going to be easy. It should be easy. We shouldn't fight. And so, or I thought my husband, you know what I laugh because I'm like, I thought my husband was going to like maintain our cars and fix our cars. Because that's what my dad did, you know, and then it was like, what? You don't have that skill set. Um, so I think there's just that which can't some of those things are little, but some of them are bigger expectations that can lead to like, wow, this is really hard. And how do I how do I overcome the disappointment or the unmet expectations? These feel like needs to me and you're not meeting my needs. But I also think on um, the spiritual component of it is 
marriage has a greater purpose, right? It is meant to draw us to our creator in a relationship with him. And it is supposed to fortify two are stronger, better than one, to refine one another. God really uses marriage in such a substantial way. So, of course, the enemy of our souls, you know, the devil's coming in and he's saying, well, I don't want this to be good. I don't want kids growing up in a loving home where they're going to, you know, be functional and, and grow in their faith. I don't want these couples fulfilling their purpose. So we do have a very real enemy that is working overtime every day to tear us apart. And then we're sinful, right? We're two very different people. We're both very selfish and humans are naturally selfish. And so you're fighting that sinful nature every single day. Um, And I think in that, um, obviously that makes it hard. There's just a lot of friction and, and never mind you grow up in one environment, he grows up in another environment and you don't even realize sometimes what you bring in and that what you thought marriage was going to be. And then the other person is butting against that. And that makes it really hard and challenging. Yeah. We, Jed and I often say, it's like, you're bringing two selfish sinners under mm-hmm. the same roof. It's like, there's going, the, the actual nature of marriage is going to be confrontational mm-hmm. and then all the unmet desires you didn't even know that you had or expectations that come up from family of origin. Um, And it's not the fairy tale that Disney taught us as little girls. So you have all of those things that um, complicate it and make it challenging. And then a world and cultural view that says, if you're not happy or it's not easy, it's not right. So get out of it, which is not the message of the gospel or God's intent for marriage. It's essentially iron sharpening iron that we become more like Jesus. So what are some ways that we can overcome these difficulties? We know they're going to come. We know marriage is hard. What are some of the things you tell your patients that can help them overcome these difficulties? Before I answer that question, I was going to say, the thing I always tell people about fairy tales too, is I'm like, what's interesting is we think of, and they lived happily ever after, but those fairy tales, think about what happened until they got there. They were fighting evil and all hell came against them. And I always feel like it's not that we are, I think we fantasize about the the fairy tale, but the reality is marriage is very similar to fairy tales in that you fight the dragons and you have to, you have to deal with all of the evil and all of these things that come against you to keep you separate. And I'm like, and they lived happily ever after is like for that day. And then you're going to repeat that fairy tale story over and over. So I'm like, there are happily ever after moments, but that happily ever after came after a lot of hard work and that that's marriage. But yeah, anyway, that just kind of made me laugh because I always say, I'm like, fairy tales do exist, but I think it's just how we look at them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Overcoming them. Yeah. So I think, again, I keep saying it, but it goes back to our why. Why are we married? You know, and I, I, I think when we take that step back, it gives us a little bit of perspective. It can help us minimize our selfish nature to say, wait, this isn't just about me, you know? And then I think too, working on our relationship with Christ, he says in his word that we love because he first loved us and seek him first and everything else will be added. And I don't mean that in like this cliche, like that's a simple fix. But I think the deeper we go into an intimate relationship with Christ, the easier it is to have deeper intimate relationships in our real life with our spouse. I wonder if that's too, because we're not trying to get from our spouse what only Jesus can give us. So if we have this depth of relationship with him, we are fulfilled by what God 
gives us, and then we're not expecting so much from our spouse. Absolutely. That's such a great point because our spouse is not our savior. And a lot of times we do elevate our spouse to a position of save me, save me from myself, save me from my sinfulness, like, and satisfy my every desire, want, and need. And that's not, that's not, that's a position of failure for either of you to be in. And I just think it gives you that day-to-day in light of eternity. And and so I think when you're doing it, I think it's easier when you're working on yourself and your own spiritual health to be a healthier spouse and have a healthier marriage. And then I think obviously going back to the basics of your relationship, what did you do when you were dating, when you were pursuing one another, or even think about a season in your marriage that was really good and thriving. What were you doing? What was present? What wasn't present? And kind of coming up with that and, okay, we were spending a lot of time together. We'll start spending more time together. You know, oh, we did some more, we did fun things together. Now we don't do fun things together. Do fun things together. We prayed together. Whatever that looks like. And then again, going and saying, okay, what weren't we doing? Well, we weren't being really critical. We weren't, you know, just going and doing whatever we wanted and not in, and even consulting with the other person. It's looking at, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Go back to what's worked for you in previous seasons. And, and if that's never been, then go get help and have somebody who can help navigate that with you of like, hey, I'm looking at this. Let me take inventory. You guys are great at this. These are your strengths. Let's, let's go with those. These are your growth areas. Here's how we can work on those. And then kind of going from there. And one thing I was going to say, just watching you and Steve in your marriage, um, specifically before kids, because that's a whole different story. (laughs) I just remember just watching you guys and you guys were friends and you Mm -hmm. acted like friends. And that was something I felt like Jed and I didn't have very well established, whereas you guys were going to do fun things together like friends. And then there's the whole idea of as friends, you respect the other person. You you have met courtesies and common, you know, just respect of um, manners with them. You don't cut them off. You're not rude. You're not late showing up to things. You have common courtesies towards a friend. And I just even think that perspective of like treating your spouse like a friend, how that can help us. Just a practical thing um, of building a friendship with them instead of just this, we have to get through life survival mode of all the stresses that hit us and live like roommates, but like try to really pursue friendship with one another. So now let's throw kids into the mix because we've both um, known each other prior to kids and now with kids, um, two of your little guy, Grayson, and that's added a whole new level um, to your relationship with Steve, I'm sure. So what are some tips for healthy marriage with little kids that maybe you share with your clients? First of all, it's hard. And that's okay that it's hard. Again, I think one of the hardest things on marriage is the mind game of we're the only ones who are struggling. We're the only ones having these issues. I struggle with that, you know, and I do this for a living. Um, But the world we live in tells us and gives us all these images of everybody having it together. And I'm just telling you, nobody has it together. Everybody's figuring it out. And with little kids, I mean, research shows us that the first three years after having a child is statistically the hardest on a couple. So I think first of all, just know that and calibrating those expectations as a really tough season. Grayson's three and I feel like I'm still, like it's just really a demanding season. So I think part of it is just again, encouraging you, you're not alone, it is hard and that's okay. This may not be your banner season of your marriage, that's okay, it doesn't mean that you are doomed. You know, you have to look at everything as 
season. That was a piece of wisdom my mom had given me early on with motherhood. And I feel like it applies to everything is there are seasons, but just before spring dawns, winter looks the worst it's ever looked, right? Everything looks more dead than it ever has. And the buds and the blossoms start coming. And so just know that with little kids, it's really hard. But then the other encouragement practically, I would say is quality, not quantity. You are not going to get the same chunks of time that you had together as you did before children. But when you do get those moments, and when you carve out those moments, you have to make them count. And so whether that is saying every day, and you got to figure out what time of day works best for you guys. You look at your schedule and you say, you know what, this is my best time of day. This is your best time of day. And you, you coordinate those schedules and say every day for 15 minutes, we're going to sit no electronics, no TV, and we're going to look each other in the eyes, exhausted and all. And we're just going to say like, how are you doing? And just say, you're doing a great job. And I see you and I love you and I appreciate you. And I think that's celebrating the little victories, making the most of those little moments. And you do have to squish and you've got to make room and say, my marriage still is a priority, even though it looks different. I am going to try to go on a date night. And if you can't afford, that doesn't have to be like a grand thing. And I, and that would be, again, the encouragement is don't look for the grand, just look for realistic. And honestly, great marriages are made up of stitches. They're not necessarily big sweeping strokes. And so where can you make a stitch into the fabric of your marriage in those little moments and checking in and having the other person's back and, and trying to see, hey, today my husband looks really tired. And so I'm just going to say, hey, I'm going to put my hand on his back and say, you know what, babe, take 10 minutes. You know, I got the kids. Just go take a walk. Go take a breather, you know, or again, vice versa for husbands. I know you've, and this is stereotyping a little bit, but I'm using just scenarios from what I've experienced of the husband looking and seeing the wife, maybe she's being a little irritable with him and cranky. And he says, you know what? You've been with the kids all day. I know they're in a difficult season. You're doing a great job. And you know what? Why don't you just go take a shower or a bath? And when you get out, you get out. Don't worry about it. You know, so I think it's just little acts of kindness and consideration and giving grace with one another and then making the most of what you can get knowing that it is minimal you know and it's going to be less and it's going to look different i love that i think it's so practical and realistic like you said instead of thinking of these huge monumental date mm -hmm. nights that are not possible or affordable or realistic mm -hmm. so for the sake of time i have two last questions for yeah. you so what are some resources you would recommend to couples to build their marriage well, obviously, I'd say foundation restoration, you know, um, and doing our date night events or doing getting involved with a seminar or something or, or meeting up with one of our therapists, doing a little checkup or a touch base and or seeing a therapist somewhere else and just, hey, do it. I encourage once a year, do a marriage checkup. And then, you know, I would say books. I mean, it is really helpful. One of my favorite, I'm in the office. So one of my favorite nightlight um, by Dr. James and Shirley Dobson one of my favorite devotionals because it's quick and easy. It's perfect for busy parents. But again, it helps you build that spiritual intimacy. And, you know, there are a lot of different organizations that do have marriage seminars still going on and doing virtual events. Again, we do some of those as well. And so, yeah, I would say just getting connected and, and it's still attending and pushing. I, another book that I would really recommend, and this is helping you with that why, is You and Me Forever by Francis Chan and Lisa Chan. It come, there's a workbook that can come with it, too. It's a pretty intense 
study, um, but I, it's really challenging and I think it's a really good one. And so I would just encourage couples to be doing something like that where they're doing marriage enrich enrichment. Yeah, that's a great book. I read that one. It was awesome. And I, I do think you can do even in your small group from church, maybe say, mm -hmm. let's take a break from the sermon series and let's do a marriage series just mm -hmm. because that's the season of life we're in that could be really healthy. So mm -hmm. I think all of those are really good ideas. And then the last one, what are some fun, healthy activities couples can enjoy together to grow their friendship with one another? Yeah. So first I would say, what did you do when you were dating? I know I've said that multiple times, but every couple is so unique. And I think going back to where you were successful and where you remember having fun together. One of my favorite things to do, I, I did a date night event one time and I had each person write down what their favorite date with each other ever was. And each couple did that. And then I had them share it. And we talked about how can you now exchange those cards and replicate at least elements of that date night, right? And we know we're in difficult, weird times, so you might not be able to go to Cabo or do something like that. But like, can you go to the Dollar Tree and pick up like Cabo themed decorations and decorate your home, get a babysitter and you make it like a Cabo night at home? You know, I think that going for walks, like walks are such a simple, free way to connect. You leave your phone at home um, or put it on silence if you're worried about the kids. Pack a picnic. You could pack a picnic with them. And you go, you take a walk, you you sit, you have a picnic. And again, it's just that quality, eye contact, engagement, what's going on with you. I really encourage to get, um, there's a ton of different versions of it, but getting conversation cards. You can get like specific for couples. And I say, one of the things that I hear a lot of parents say is we forgot how to like talk to each other, what to talk about outside of kids. I'm like, this takes the stress out of it. You know, you got 10 minutes together, you pull a card out, you talk about that card. It takes the guesswork out of it. So get a deck of conversation cards. If you look up couples conversation cards, you'll find plenty of options. Game nights, you know, finding games where just the two of you can do it. I'm um, doing puzzles together is a great option. Takeout, you know, grab takeout and go sit somewhere outside if you don't feel comfortable in a restaurant or just to mix it up a little bit. But I think it's just looking back, you know, go, go play something together, whether it's soccer, if you're into sports type thing, you know, shoot some hoops together, do something. I know for men, that can be really a great way to connect with men because they like to do things together. So that's kind of what I would, those are just some suggestions I would throw out there. That's awesome. And I was thinking too, that one thing my dad taught me is if you say no too many times, person will stop asking. Mm -hmm. And I've even seen that in our marriage of like, you know, the things I was, I was willing to go look at all the cars when we were dating with Jed, because mm -hmm. I just wanted to be with him. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't want to look at those cars anymore. Now that we're married, because I feel secure in our marriage that I don't need to go do that. So now he's asking yeah. Ellie, our four year old to go and she's yeah. excited. And so just being cautious that the more we say no to our spouse, they're you're not communicating love or interest in the things they're interested in. And we used to be interested mm -hmm. in that prior to, to marriage. So just being yeah. cautious of that. Well, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to find you, Ashley? Yeah. So if you visit our website, foundationrestoration.org, you know, you can see our current date night, see our therapists on there, where we're located. All of our articles are on there. Um, it also gives you easy ways to connect with us on social media, which obviously most people are on there all the time anyway. And why not have a little bit of encouragement? So 
you know, we're on Facebook and Instagram and that's where we're most active. We're on Twitter as well. So, you know, I'd say just connect with us on any of those platforms. We, we just want to encourage, we just want to encourage you because you're not alone and it is hard and you just need to know that you've got like support around you and people championing you and wanting you to be successful in your marriage. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that I benefited. I've got some ideas of what I want to do as a result of this conversation. So thank you for taking the time to share with me and my friends that are listening. And please reach out to Ashley, check out foundationrestoration.org. And hopefully we can have you on here again, Ashley. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate it and just hope it's a blessing. And again, we're here if we can do anything to help. So grateful for the opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'll see everyone next week. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.